Yes, you're dialed into the right place. This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and yes, I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise, and it's my weekly exercise, as you well know, of our First Amendment rights. Thank you for joining me today. It's an honor to be here. Today's show is entitled, it's a rather long title, it's entitled To Be or Not to Be Aborted or Transgendered or to Be Totally Ignored Altogether. Now, I'm going to have to shorten that, I'm sure, for the podcast, but that's what we're going to go with for the moment. The Wall Street Journal reports that in 2021, the U.S. will record, or actually has recorded by this point, at least 300,000 fewer births because the uncertain economy and the pandemic dissuaded women from having babies. 300,000 doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot of babies when you... You think about putting 100,000 babies uh, in uh, the stadium at Notre Dame or at the University of Michigan for football games. That's three stadiums full in our largest metropolitan areas, those with a million or more people. They saw deaths exceed births collectively over the past decade. Deaths higher than births have been particularly so in rural counties across the nation. And while COVID-19, of course, it hit older folks harder than younger ones. Note this trend is a decade-long one. U.S. women had about 3.6 million babies in 2020, down 4% from 2019. As you've heard me say before, uh, the total fertility rate, which really serves as a snapshot of the average number of babies a woman would have over her fertile lifetime, that fertility rate fell to 1.6, 1.6 babies per fertile woman. Now, that was the lowest fertility rate on record since the government began tracking it in the 1930s. And even before that, we know families were much larger. As a matter of fact, a nation's fertility rate must be 2.1 children per woman on average, of course, during her childbearing years. Any ratio under 2.1, say like for instance 1.6, means the nation is shrinking in population. Now if this ratio isn't elevated or worse, it continues to decline, a nation eventually just shrinks away into non-existence. Oh, that will never happen here. Oh, it couldn't happen here. Well, how much slower do you think it should get before we begin to notice it? Now, the Wall Street Journal, they've been running a series of articles over the past four years highlighting this population concern. <laughs> but are we worried? Heck no. Do you care if Americans aren't making more American babies? Now, given the shrill and hateful rhetoric from the radical progressive left, we don't care. And what we want instead of more babies is unlimited access to unrestrictive, on-demand abortion. For any reason and no reason at all other than our own selfishness. We don't want more babies. No, sir, no, ma'am. Babies are a drag. And they're a demand on our personal time. Time we've set aside for ourselves. Babies are also a drain on our spending money. 
you know, our fun and party money. And if, and if you're a divorced woman or you had a child out of wedlock, raising a child, especially a baby, is a monumental task, and it really gets in the way of just about everything else. But every day we hear stories where families not only survived but thrived with a dedication to raising God-fearing, upright, bright, hard-working children. I'd like to think I'm one of those. I grew up in a family of six children, and my father, the lone source of income, somehow made ends meet. He was a postal clerk. Not a very exciting job, for sure. But we're told it's different today. Well, it's always different, isn't it? They're right. Joe Biden and the progressives are hell-bent on degrading America into a neo-socialist, full-on globalist nation. And it's not very family-friendly, and it sure doesn't give a hoot about babies. But regardless of the period, things are, they're always different. Yet this hasn't stopped the human race from continuing. As strange as it is, huh? After all, babies don't make themselves. But to hear some women who find themselves newly pregnant, they'd want you to think they did. I take no comfort in knowing America isn't alone in this phenomena of self-directed depopulation. Declining fertility rates are also plaguing most of Europe. People in wealthy nations have simply stopped having children. Now, the reasons are many, and most certainly economics plays into it. But the largest driver is just plain selfishness. Younger, more affluent couples want to be free to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. And I, don't, I could hardly blame them in many ways. The younger generations are also waiting later in life to marry. Now, the radical progressive left, as best example by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a.k.a. AOC, they lay the problem at the feet of climate change. Of course, everything is really about climate change. That's why we're in inflation at the moment. That's why we're not doing any more fossil fuels. We're not doing all kinds of things now because the world is going to end and I guess I'm looking at my watch here in about seven years now. Uh, should we just go ahead and hear it from the horse's mouth? Or other parts of the horse's anatomy? There's scientific consensus that the lives of children are going to be very difficult. And it does lead, I think, young people to have a legitimate question. You know, should, is it okay to still have children? And... I mean, not just financially, because people are graduating with twenty, thirty, a hundred thousand dollars worth of student loan debt, and so they can't even afford to have kids in a house. But also, just this basic moral question: like, what do we do? I find this clip by AOC to be quite curious. So, is this a moral question? Isn't that what abortion, by the way, is all about? It wouldn't be moral to bring a child into a home where no one loves them, where they were never wanted, not to mention all the crime, especially the gun crime that's going on and the global warming, and eventually they're going to grow up and take out more student loans they cannot pay back, and the problem just repeats itself and repeats itself. So abort now. God, who said go forth and multiply, also said that if you have significant student loan debt, then hold off until Joe Biden forgives it all and makes the rest of us have to pay it off. Do you think if Joe Biden penned another of his Kill America executive orders 
and forgave every penny of every student loan that we see babies popping up and out every nine months from here on to kingdom come? I seriously doubt it. Not so clever AOC backs into railing about student debt, something her and Senator Pocahontas, Elizabeth Warren, have been after Joe Biden to forgive the enormous debt racked up by students for college costs. And it is, it is sizable. It's ridiculous. Student debt, uh, by the way, of which AOC still has a significant amount after spending $210,000 just in tuition to Boston University to get that questionable degree in economics. Would you have ever guessed AOC had a degree in anything, much less economics? I thought her degree was in Instagram. Nevertheless, student loan debt will soon reach, what do you think? Take a guess. How about $2 trillion? $2 trillion. Now, who forced all these college students to sign all these loans for fifty grand a pop? But look, uh, to, to Biden, he's going to go ahead and buy votes this uh, October. You can count on it. He's, he's going to start off by forgiving $10,000 per loan for individuals making under $125,000 a year. It, 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 it's, it's unbelievable. He could go as high as 20000 per loan. Don't get me started on the unfairness and immorality of having those of us who've paid off our loans took me 212 years to do it, or those who never went to college, or the parents who paid their students' debts off, they now have to help pay off someone else's student loans. Heck, wouldn't this be like you you have a baby and then you expect someone else to pay all the child care expenses going forward? Would you? Would you ask someone to do that? Perhaps if your child was by Hunter Biden, you might you might expect this to happen. But I get too easily distracted, so I'll try and stay on topic. Yes, I believe Joe Biden will do just this, and he'll go ahead and buy votes this November. And it's going to cost us, like everything else Joe Biden's doing is costing us, and it's harming families. And not to mention the negative impact, billions of dollars of additional government spending is going to stoke our already growing inflation. But do you believe that student loan debts are really the cause of our sinking fertility rates? I have to wonder if selfishness is searching for a more saleable excuse for why our young generation isn't having enough children to replace themselves going forward. Perhaps climate change is just that convenient. It could be just that convenient progressive left excuse, as AOC says. Well, here's, here's another clip from The View. You know that daytime television show with four crazy women who usually say the most outrageous things in hopes that you'll believe what they're saying and tell others to believe it too. Sad situation. Occasionally they invite a mostly conservative lady on the show so they can brutalize her with their crude and misinformed progressive conventional wisdom, if there's such a thing. I swear The View is secretly affiliated with the Democratic National Convention are more likely the Socialist Workers' Party of America. 
if you were younger, it's something that you would be thinking about very seriously. Yeah. Would you bring a child into this world um, considering climate change? And I thought, oh my gosh, that sounds so drastic. But then if you look at the research, the birth rate in the US has been falling for a decade, um, reached a new low in 2016. <laughs> And studies have examined how large a role climate change plays in people's childbearing decisions, uh, millennials in particular, and then and younger people. Mm -hmm. and, and by and large, they're saying that they worry about the quality of life their children born today will have as shorelines flood, wildfires rage, and extreme weather becomes more common. So I know that it sounds like, you know, Alexandria is being so, you know, crazy and radical. so left and radical. But the studies bear out what she's saying. Yeah. The studies it, it, bear it out. Interesting clip. Actually, the new low in fertility happened just last year in 2021. And you can expect it to inch lower after 2022, is in the books, and after 2023, and so forth. There's no end in this decline foreseeable, given the way we're going. Now, this Biden-created recession has unquestionably delayed plans for many couples to start or add to their family roles. Oh, I, I forgot. It's a Putin recession. So Putin's the reason we're cutting back on our ever-shrinking family size. But is everyone buying into the climate-depending climate disaster? I mean, are you? And by the way, this so-called global warming climate change disaster it's been a pending catastrophe for well, at least the last 60 years. Now, here's a clip from the very same show on view by a lady not really buying into the whole climate excuse. It does concern me that there's even a way to defend the question she's asking, because she's, there's a difference in caring about our climate, which mm -hmm. I would argue probably everyone in this room cares about the future of their kids and their grandkids and the air they breathe, yeah. and, and asking a legitimate question about doing away with the human race. Last I checked, we, we elect politicians to come up with solutions, not to just do away with everybody. Of, all, of all the things she said, this yeah. is by far, in my opinion, the most outrageous, the but most aren't absurd. aren't taking it even further than what she took it? She's asking the question. She's, well, could I, and isn't that question legitimate? Do you know what? The, 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 the Democratic Party it. should make this their platform. They should they ask are. that question. They, it will be on good, their platform. Good luck. Good yeah. luck. Can I say what is also on their platform? Well, I, I don't mean to make uh, today's show a heavy audio clip day, but... As the issue of abortion and climate change and sinking fertility rates went on and on and on on this show, the conservative lady had this to say about what the Democrat Senate tried to pass into law just before the Supreme Court issued its ruling striking down the Roe v. Wade decision. Among other things in this bill, Democrats voted to allow unlimited on-demand abortion for any reason right up to the time of full-term delivery. The bill also criminalized any health care professional who refused to participate in abortion procedures due to conscience uh, objections. And, and this bill included stripping them of their medical nursing or physician assistance licensure, along with fines and possible jail time. Can, can, you, can you believe you're either going to do this abortion or else? And this is really the way the Biden administration would like to handle everything. They really are in an all-out war to gain control over everything, to have one party, to have a centralized authoritarian government. 
just you just have to look across all these policies and when you add them up you can't come to any other conclusion it's an or else kind of thing it was that way with covid it it's it's going to be that way with abortion it's that way with them telling you that you either have to accept crt training in your school or in your company or whatever or there's going to be consequences anyway the bill failed in a 51 to 49 vote now defeating poor old Chuck. They needed 60 votes, obviously, to pass this. This is why they're talking about getting rid of the filibuster. Ben Sass authored the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. This act would punish any doctor who fails to provide medical care to a child born alive after an attempted abortion. Every single Democrat, except three of them, voted for this yesterday, including Cory Booker, Kristen Gillibrand, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders. So that means these Democrats don't believe that a baby born after a botched abortion should receive medical care. Now, this is something that started with Governor Northam. Now, this is an example when we're talking about people having children and where just how extreme the left has gone. This is an example of that. And by the way, according to a Marxist poll, 80% of Americans support abortion being limited to the first three months of pregnancy. So if Democrats want to win an election mm -hmm. going forward, are you going to be the party of late-term abortion? The party of infanticide. Let me finish, please. Are you going, is this the platform you're going to have? Because when you're talking about children and you're talking about being pro-life, this is well out of the mainstream of where Americans are at. And when I hear AOC saying that, I actually think Cory Booker, Kristen Gilligan, Kamala Harris, all of these people, they are, they are answering her. I believe AOC is the leader of the party. And if you think that is how you win back the White House, I'm here to tell you, I spent a lot of time in red states. I'm from a red state. That is a losing argument. Now, what's noteworthy is that the progressives are claiming that if the House and Senate turn Republican in November, which we're all going to show up to make sure that happens, the Republicans are going to pass legislation to outlaw abortion in every state, in every county, in every city, every town, every nook and cranny. Just another scare tactic by Democrats. There's no public support for any meaningful numbers. They would even encourage Republicans to try such a stupid stunt. Furthermore, Joe Biden has already said he'll veto it, and there's really no appetite, or there are certainly not the numbers in the House or the Senate to override uh, a Biden veto. But, but you have to wonder whether all this corrupt and disingenuous fear-mongering is giving folks pause in their family planning. Now, you wouldn't think so, but I bet if you went out and asked a hundred different couples, it just may... Now, if you haven't guessed by now, the Biden administration has a solution to rebuild America while making America look more like Africa Central and South America, more like Asia, and less like Europe and Canada. These last two are all hopelessly lily white. So what's that solution, you say? It's unfettered, uncontrolled, wide-open borders where a quarter million aliens, yes, 250,000 250,000 forests can illegally stream into, uh, across the Rio Grande of course, stream into America, unquestioned and tacitly welcomed with federal welfare by an un-American, pro-globalism, bent by the administration. The fewer babies Americans have, the more reasons there are to import all the people this nation will ever need, and they're out there watching them come across every evening on television. 
Now, have you have you noticed this too? I'm asking you a lot about things you should notice, because I've noticed that Biden's approach to a shortage of American babies is it is to import migrants from other nations, preferably nations with a lot of people of color. And I'm not talking about the kind of color you get on the tanning bed, because the Biden administration has made no secret about their disdain for whiteness and for our nation's alleged white privilege. Now, once again, have you noticed that Biden's abortion policies are his solution for declining fertility rates? But he doesn't come out and say that. That would sound that would sound like a replacement theory. Yeah, his replacement plan is very much like his energy policies and his war against fossil fuels. We have the capacity and the capability to birth and grow our own American babies. There's no reason we have to import people to remain a country. As for energy, we have the richest, deepest, and finest quality of fossil fuels beneath our feet. But Joe Biden prefers to import oil from other nations rather than tap our resources, our own American energy, our God-given oil and natural gas. And in each case, Americans are paying a hellacious price for Biden's perverted policies on abortion, immigration, and energy. But it's okay to buy foreign oil, to import aliens, and just about everything else to pay for the sins of past slavery that most Americans have no earthly connection to, nor do those of dark skin tones living in the United States. And the war against parenthood continues. When it comes to parents and parenthood, the Biden administration has at best a who-cares attitude. If you have a child today in Biden's world, you have to worry, you actually have to worry about and give pause to whether you're going to be able to find food for your infant. Yes, in America, in America, we're importing baby formula from any nation willing to sell it to us at 2 million bottles worth per plane load. And Joe Biden wants us to believe that he's doing something noble. He's doing something for the American people. Uh, frankly, there's, there's been nothing like this since the Berlin airlift, June 24, 1948 to May 12 of 1949. Look it up. That's when the Soviets blockaded all imports into the divided city of Berlin at the beginning of the Cold War, and the United States and Britain conducted continuous airlifts of food and energy into Berlin, planes landing every 40 minutes and taking off every 40 minutes. We're also importing tampons. Really, tampons. Find a woman a tampon, Joe, especially now that you've guaranteed her an abortion. She's going to need them. How is it that a nation that was the economic envy of the world under Donald Trump's presidency has to beg for more oil, baby food, and tampons from other nations? We ask our president to give us cheaper energy and food prices, and he answers us with policies to promote transgenderism and on-demand abortion. As we begin to string Biden's party politics together, you have to come to the realization that the progressive left is anti-American families. Now, Joe's always talking about himself growing up in his father's family. Dad said this, and Dad said that, and Dad has a saying for just about everything. If you only paid attention to all the wisdom he got from his dad, from his mother, from his grandparents and dead relatives, you'd come to believe 
He grew up with the Waltons. Yes, I, I said the Walton family. Now, I, I suppose you need to be at least 45 years old to get that reference to the All-American Rural Walton family circa September of 1972 through 1981. This was a smash family show, and it ran for nine seasons. But, but, but back to the, the family-oriented Joe Biden. Now, we're, we're all experienced how Biden's green energy policies are delightfully devastating every family's economics. And there's no parental wisdom that makes a dollar stretch further when inflation's soaring. Sorry, Joe. Your fake empathy it just, just isn't cutting it. I'm sure you've heard by now that only 2% of all the cars on American roads today are electric vehicles. You, like me, can't afford an electric vehicle just now because food is a much higher priority in my family, probably yours too. Now, priorities. Speaking of priorities, do you remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs? It was usually displayed as a pyramid with the most basic needs at the bottom of the pyramid and the most esoteric needs, such as self-actualization, on the top. There's an expanded pyramid. It's got eight steps all together. Let me, let me go through those with you. The most basic need, of course, is biological and physi- physiological needs like air and food and drink and shelter and warmth and sex and sleep, etc., etc. And, and, of course, right at the foundation here, I think we've got a massive failing going on in this country because we're having problems affording a shelter and warmth and cooling and food, and none of us are getting the, the amount of sleep we need because we're worrying about too many damn things. Uh, the second uh, second rung on this ladder is safety needs, protection from the elements, security, order, law, stability, freedom from fear. Well, what a joke that is. That's all the Democrat Party's about is nothing but fear. And we have a lot of reasons to fear. Crime is off the charts. It's soaring every day. It's not going down. And we're being told we need to cough up our guns because no citizen should ha- have to have to defend themselves in the House because we're so busy defunding the police that no one's going to respond to the 911 calls anyway. So if you live close to a church, it's probably your best bet. Third is love and belongingness, those kinds of needs, friendship, intimacy, trust, acceptance, receiving and giving affection and love, affiliating, being part of a group. Most people enjoy working from home these days because they don't have to live in fear that they're going to say something to a co-worker, progressive activist, uh, and they'll become offended by it and try to get you fired. Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala or Kamala or Vice President Harris. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to take a break. A very short break, and then it's time to come right back, because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels Show, and I'm not kidding. The Genesis Fogger is 
critically important to breathing cleaner air, which is essential to good health. Almost no one is killing pathogens in the air where they pose the risk of transmission. We've been ridiculously focused on hand sanitizer and other measures where the problem is the microbes are in the air, including COVID-19. The Genesis Fogger is HOCL. It's a powerful tool, not only for living with COVID, but also removing harmful pathogens. Remember, if we have fewer virions in the air, much less likely to get a critical inoculum and actually get clinically sick. The same thing applies to the cold and flu, whether it be adenoviruses, coronaviruses, polymyxoviruses, influenza, viruses. And also, there are antibiotic-resistant superbugs. There can be ones particularly that are airborne, including uh, Clostridium difficile, which is airborne and um, in contact mode. So uh, consider the Genesis Fogger that utilizes HOCL. The Genesis Fogger is perfectly designed. It's a machine that produces a fine dry mist using HOCL that quickly kills germs, bacteria, and viruses in the air and surfaces, and it does it simultaneously. So please go to uh, genesisfogger.com outloud and uh, get 15% off your purchase of the Genesis Fogger. That's where the upfront cost is going to be, and I can tell you, you're going to be happy you did it. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 120 times per month. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains full effective doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day pill-free ultra-absorption ingestible gel. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off any order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com. H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off. Let's delve into another area. Here's something I think you're going to find curious, if not upsetting. If you tune into any of the progressive legacy media, which is just about every television network but Fox News and Newsmax and maybe one or two others, you'll find an anchor trying to catch a pro-life politician or a noted uh, pro-life activist 
in an abortion juxtaposition or some kind of on-air trap scenario. For instance, what if a woman lives in an anti-abortion red state and has an ectopic pregnancy? Now, as governor of a red state and a vocal opponent of abortion, do you still support your red state's no-abortion laws? Uh, What happens when a young, learning-disabled girl who is crippled and blind is raped by a cartel lord? I know it gets pretty ridiculous. Do you still support anti-abortion laws? And these situations get more bizarre by the case, but there seems to be no end to them. It's as if each of these cases, usually very strange cases, are somehow the norm. It's as if this case we're bringing up and talking about now, that's the one that nullifies all anti-abortion laws. Well, this past week, the This exchange took place between CNN's Dana Bash. This conversation went on between Dana Bash and Governor Kristi Noem of South Dakota. The Indianapolis Star is reporting that a 10-year-old girl in Ohio who was six weeks and three days pregnant now has to travel across state lines to Indiana to receive an abortion. I just mm-hmm. because this is a trigger law that was passed before you became governor, I wanted you to be clear. Will the state of South Dakota going forward force a 10 year old in that very same situation to have a baby? You know, what I think is incredible, Dana, in this tragic story, because I heard about this last night. What's incredible is that nobody's talking about the pervert, horrible right. and deranged individual that raped a 10 year old. And what is it? What are we doing about that? I agree what with you. What are we you. doing about I those mean, of course, that that's, do this that's, these That is children. an important discussion you, to have. You but, rape but children. The, that's an issue that the Supreme yeah, Court has weighed in as well. I, listen, I and totally understand that. as much as we talk that, about our, what we can do for that little girl, I think we also need to be addressing those sick individuals that do right. this to our children. I t- couldn't agree more. So but this, our bodies are our bodies, and women are the ones who, uh, who get pregnant. And in this case, it wasn't a woman. It was a girl. Should she have to have a child? A child. Should she have to have that baby? every single life. Every single life is precious. This tragedy is horrific. I can't even imagine. I've never had anybody in my family or myself gone through anything like this. I can't even imagine. But in South Dakota, the law today is that the abortions are illegal except to save the life of the mother. And you would be okay with that, a 10-year-old girl having to have a baby? No, I'm never okay with that. In fact, that story will keep me up at night. It absolutely will. So would you try to change the law to have an exception in a situation like this? got a one-year-old little granddaughter mm-hmm. named Miss Addie. I can't even imagine. What I would say is I don't believe a tragic situation should be perpetuated by another tragedy. And so there's more that we've got to do to make sure that we really are living a life that says every life is precious, especially innocent lives that have been shattered like that 10-year-old girl. Yeah. And, and it's incredibly complicated, and I, and I get it. But I guess my question is, given how heartbroken you seem to be about the situation, Maybe the the question is this, because what I keep thinking about is how is a 10 year old girl physically no. probably can't even uh, carry a baby without being never mind emotionally and mentally uh, sort of tormented, but physically hurt. Would you consider that the life of a mother at risk? And I think that's something that, you know, that situation, uh, the doctor, the family, the individuals closest to that will make the decisions there for that family. That's what's interesting about the time we live in right now is every state 
will have different laws on the books. The decisions will be made by the legislators that are closest to the people. That's appropriate. Mm -hmm. It's the way our Constitution intended. Uh, and I think that South Dakota's laws may look very different than California's, may look very different than New York's, where that governor has said she wants to become a destination known for providing abortions. Well, That's not our story here in South Dakota. Yeah. Uh, and I think every governor, every state will make very different decisions on what their laws look like. But don't you think uh, Governor Nome really handled this skillfully? She wasn't about to get trapped into this really stupid question. I mean, uh, this is, has nothing to do with overall policy. This, this was a ridiculous trap. As I come to a close to today's show, I'd like to share some, some sad, uh, sad for me anyway, information about my health. As many of you know, I've been battling leukemia since 2014. Thankfully, I went into remission in 2015 after my first episode with chronic lymphocytic leukemia, or better known as CLL. But the nature of this type of leukemia is recurring. Even though oncologists can usually get the first episode to go into remission, chronic lymphocytic leukemia will come back and threaten you again. It's an awful lot like the radical progressive political left. It keeps coming back to threaten you over and over and over. So you can go into remission, but as of yet, there's no cure for it. Thus, a second bout of leukemia hit me in late 2019. Even though it's the same disease, different genetic components are attacked with each new reoccurrence. And I got the short end of the lottery this second time around. This second occurrence was far worse than the first attack, and I was given a 10% chance of a five-year life expectancy from my vicious second bout with leukemia. But thankfully, I have an incredible oncologist and a remarkably supportive and knowledgeable family. My wife and my, our third son are both uh, RNs. And as of four months ago, I unexpectedly went into remission once again. This remission was unexpected and in itself remarkable. And yes, I do believe prayers work. All appeared well, full knowing that this grim reaper would one day return for another shot at me. So we're coming to the point of inflection in this story, so bear with me. I, I am getting to the point. Last week, doctors at the cancer center discovered I have a mass in my chest. Cancer just can't seem to leave me well enough alone. And we just learned that this mass is cancerous and it's serious cancer. I'm scheduled for more diagnostic tests and surgery as soon as possible to be followed by radiation therapy and likely chemo and immunotherapy, old friends that I'm well acquainted with. Now, anyone who's been through the throes of cancer knows how demanding on your time and physical energy surgery and treatment can be, not only on the patient, but especially on one's family. All this means is that I have to leave the Frankly Daniel show behind and concentrate on surviving another cancerous attack. With God's grace and my family's care, I will hopefully return back to the wonderful family that comprises America Out Loud. But really, there's, there's no knowing if or when. Now, I can't possibly close this show out 
without my heartfelt thanks, my most sincere thanks to Malcolm, the founder, the creative genius, the spiritual leader, my mentor, and the driving force behind all things America Out Loud. Malcolm, like for all of us at America Out Loud, has allowed me to voice my opinions this past 15 months without a word of interference. Malcolm lets us say our piece and supports us in every imaginable way. In addition to having an incredible and memorable voice for radio, Malcolm has a naturally gifted ear, and his mentorship and suggestions are highly valued and skillfully delivered. He's an incredible force for good and truth. I believe Malcolm has always thought there's more than two sides to every story. In fact, there are many sides, and he wants to hear all of them and let others hear them as well. And more importantly, he trusts all of us on the network to tell those different sides. I've been blessed with many opportunities throughout my life and career, but producing the Frankly Daniel Show tops the list, and largely all because of my friend Malcolm. Hopefully, as I heal, I'll be able to contribute with written commentary on the America Out Loud website. Listen, everyone at some point in their lives, everyone, they should have a Malcolm somewhere in their lifetime. I know I'm blessed because I have Malcolm in mine. Finally, I'd like to say that I wanted this last show to focus mostly on abortion. I'm very troubled that so many people are being triggered to anger about an inconvenience and not being able to demand an immediate abortion just around the block from their apartment. Abortion was never meant to be a convenient service like drive through tacos or pizza. I do believe most women, or perhaps more correctly, many women, in unexpected pregnant circumstances, take abortion seriously. As we get older, or are confronted with possible terminal diseases, perhaps we begin to acknowledge that to be, or not to be, <laughs> is just over the horizon. I recognize as a man that I will never know what it's like to be confronted with the choice to either have an abortion or carry a child to term. Moreover, if I, if I could have a child and carry him or her to term, I will never know how difficult it might be to give up that child for adoption. I wonder how many women simply have the abortion so that they don't have to make a future decision about giving their child up for adoption or keeping that baby. I imagine this type of decision is incredibly difficult and perplexing. Perhaps one of the most difficult decisions anyone can be confronted with. I know I certainly wanted, wouldn't want to be in that situation. I fully accept that there's really no other bond as intimate or enduring than the maternal bond between a woman and her child. After all, being a growing child's total life support for nine months is not only a taxing and demanding responsibility, but it's a gift few can give another human being. I can't do it, but I'm not alone. There are millions of women 
who would give anything for the chance to be a natural mother, but their bodies failed them through their supposed years of priceless fertility. I've been to the birth of all of my sons. I've witnessed many, many incredible events in my life, but nothing comes close to being present at the birth of your child. In fact, I've never heard a father be anything short of overly joyful, blown away by one of the most, if not the most, intimate and miraculous events in their lives. But have you noticed, fathers are entirely missing from all the hostile discussions about abortion, a woman's reproductive rights, and the recent Supreme Court Roe v. Wade decision. Well, let me correct that characterization. What's filled our social and legacy media, our cable news and opinion television broadcast, and our political dialogue is, is nothing short of demagoguery. Instead, what passes for opinion and enlightenment is mostly exaggerations, hyperbole, misinformation, distortion, and flat-out vicious lies, and many of them told by our president. For instance, the Supreme Court didn't strip women of any constitutional right. As I've said before, and if you seek the opinion of politically neutral constitutional scholars, they will tell you there was never a basis for a constitutional right of abortion in the Constitution. So what's what's the point? What's the point of all this discussion? What's the what's the point of all this back and forth about abortion, about fertility rates? about women's rights and other miraculous life-and-death circumstances. I, I only ask that, can't we do a better job in preventing unwanted pregnancies? For heaven's sakes, we are the most advanced technological nation on earth. It's not the Supreme Court's fault these pregnancies happen. Their job is to hold the Constitution true to its words. What Joe Biden is doing is castigating the court for failure of politicians to legislate one way or the other on the abortion issue. The Constitution foresaw these types of circumstances. These were learned men, men who could read and write and speak Greek and Latin, who'd, who'd scoured all the, the great texts of the world looking for a form of government that would serve humanity for years and years and years to come. Basic principles. That's why they wrote and the states ratified the Tenth Amendment. Just because it was Tenth didn't mean it was any less important than the First Amendment or the Second Amendment that allows us to arm ourselves. This amendment was passed by Congress on September 25th of 1789 and ratified December 15th of 1791, lifetimes ago, many lifetimes ago. These first 10 amendments form the Bill of Rights. They're our rights. They belong to us. They were intended to belong to us, not to swarmy politicians or other people that rail against what they think should be in the Constitution or how they'd want to twist the words that are there. The Tenth Commandment reads, it's very simple. It is such a straightforward proposition. Quote, the powers not delegated to the United States 
in other words, the central government, to the totalitarian government that Joe wants to centralize. The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution or prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. You know, our Constitution starts off with we the people. This is representative democracy at its finest. Yes, I want that decision to be as close to where I live, to my opinion, as possible. And as close as I can get it is my state. I believe in states' rights. Otherwise, we would all be the same. And you know what? A lot of countries that are like that aren't doing so well. As for the lies told about the court's negation of our right to privacy, nowhere in the Constitution does it say it's okay to take the life of an unborn. The truth, the truth be told. The truth shall set you free. The truth be told. The body in your body is not your body. Get that through your head, please. The body in your body is not your body. Pregnancy isn't like the cancerous slump that just showed up in my chest out of a dark and thunderous night or wherever evil like this comes from. It's not a lump like the cancer growing in my chest. I own my cancerous lump. I have the right to have it cut out of my chest with prejudice and parenthetically, hopefully with skill. In the privacy between my physician and my family, I plan on having it aborted. My lump is not a life nor any sort, and it certainly will never become a human being. Uh, I know you understand that 98% of abortions are elective. They're by choice. They are not healthcare emergencies. They have nothing to do with a person's reproductive rights or reproductive health care or all the other malarkey that goes on in these dialogues that we these senseless dialogues that go on. If pregnancy threatens the life of a woman carrying this would-be child, no one is going to argue against a woman's right to live first and always first. You would want that for your spouse. I want that for my wife should it have ever occurred. This same immutable right is true for those who prefer being addressed as birthing units or birthing people. Yes, life life is precious. We say that all the time. It's like saying children are our greatest resource, except we don't pay them very much attention, do we? And we get rid of them at about a pace of about a, a, a million a year. Yes, 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 life is precious. Saying life is precious is so trite, and so seriously painful when the end is near, and yet so wonderfully delightful and true as we cradle a newborn in our arms. Have you ever cradled a newborn in your arms? What a miracle. People mock God in saying they've never seen a miracle in their lives. For heaven's sakes, they're happening every minute of every hour. So what do I want? Can't we do a better job at welcoming new life? Can we find our way to celebrate new life? Can't we put our heart and soul into supporting new life? Can't we do a better job of protecting it? No reasonable person is talking about rape or incest, miscarriages, ectopic pregnancies, or immaculate conceptions. 
After all, if we don't find our way out of our fertility collapse, we're going to become a nation entirely dependent on importing people to maintain our selfish population. Don't we realize that we're stealing and bleeding the youth from other countries to replace the children we're not having? Only to leave these donor nations with a growing population of old people, which is partly our problem, too. We're not replacing our youth, and our population is aging. Is any of this healthy? Is this economically sound? Is this what good neighbors do? Is this moral? Is this what America stands for? Is this who we are? This migration north is nothing like anything else ever in our history. It's incredibly selfish, while at the same time, we tell ourselves we're helping all these people to a better life. Don't they deserve it? We deserve it, certainly. We have enough wealth for everybody. But if those 64 million, 64 million aborted babies since 1973 had been born, would we be importing a quarter million strangers every month? Do you know the entire population of England is just under 56 million people? We've aborted 64 million since 73. Would we be sneaking these imports and sprinkling them into thousands of unsuspecting towns and neighborhoods across America without telling the citizen residents of those towns and neighborhoods that we expect these Americans Here's your replacement, people, for the children you're not having. We expect you to support them with your taxes. Don't bother thanking us on the way out. We're just here to help you out. That's our government. The border's closed. All this without even a thank you. What's going on at our southern border is nothing like the Ellis Island immigration or any other immigration crisis America has ever experienced. And nothing like this has ever been done so with such utmost secrecy and misinformation and just flat-out lies. This is wholesale theft, and we're the thieves stealing replacements. We're the body snatchers. All while we're enriching some evil, ruthless criminal cartels, some that this hemisphere has never, ever experienced before. This army of evil will have to be dealt with someday. (laughs) Well, our... Secretary of Defense is focusing on ensuring that our soldiers are receiving wokeness indoctrination and receiving gender-affirming care and surgeries. I suppose what angers me the most, having worked with Project Open Central America for years, is how do we tell ourselves this wholesale importation of humans is righteously noble and humane? Now, I asked my Twitter followers a couple of years ago, how many people are too many people to import without any serious paperwork to review? I mean, don't we owe ourselves assurances that we aren't importing criminals and evil and all kinds of other untoward stuff? On this point, we get not a word from our current president. How many should we just look the other way for, all while we kill nearly a million fetuses every year? Is five million a year enough? Is 10 million or 15 million enough? Just what's the plan, Joe Biden? Joe, are you going to tell these millions of new immigrants that now that they're free in America, they're also 
free to transition into a different gender at our taxpayer expenses. After all, our laws say they're entitled to free education and medical care. Isn't free to be who you are one of the big attractions of coming to America? We're involved in so much moral turpitude that it's, it really is nauseating. Well, I've, I've railed on past my time. I sincerely, sincerely thank you for listening. And while I won't be on the airwaves, I will be on the written page soon. Let me leave you with this clip produced by Advancing American Freedom. This short clip is entitled, Such a Time as This. Again, I sincerely thank you for the marvelous company you've provided me these last 15 months. God bless all of you, and we'll meet again. We were born for a time like this. We believe every soul is blessed by God with a purpose and made for a reason. It's a new day for America. We celebrate a victory for life, for human rights, for the littlest among us. The right to life belongs to all. We have disarmed the weapon of Roe, a day so many saw in their hearts, but we've seen with our eyes. For 50 years, courageous women and men have labored word by word, step by step, and day by day to save lives one by one. We move closer to a time across America where abortion is unthinkable because our resolve is unbreakable. We are here today because we never gave up, and we never will. Just as courageous leaders moved hearts and laws toward justice in the past, we now put Roe in the ash bin of history alongside Dred Scott. From pregnancy centers to the public square, from the state house to the sidewalk, millions have devoted their lives so others may simply live. God has used many of us in his own special and perfect way to make this moment possible. And in the hallways of the most powerful in the nation, God tells us, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. His cause is our cause. In every human life, there is a soul, a sacred gift from our maker. Lives will be saved. Today is one many thought they would never see. The protection of the unborn rests back in the hands of the people. We envision a future where both mother and child are cared for and valued by our society. We work so no baby will be denied a beat in their heart, a breath in their lungs, and loving arms filled with joy. 